You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 172 with Laura Smith. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Laura Smith on the show today. She is a mom with older kids, so I thought it would be really great to have her come on and just share with us what she has learned you know, raising kids that range from 13 to 21. She also is an author. And I just thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be great if we can just pick someone's brain and hear what they have to say? And I know that not everyone has someone in their lives that they're a few steps ahead of them. So I wanted to just have her come on and be super casual and just share with us some things that helped her raise her kids. And she's still raising them, obviously. Um, And one thing that I took away from all of this is that she really enjoys having teenagers and young adults. So that kind of gave me some hope because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, this is so hard. And she did say the hormones are rough, but just to hang in there. So anyway, I hope that you guys feel encouraged listening to her and that it gives you some you know, perspective on what it might be like later on while you're dealing with small children, babies, all that kind of stuff, and feeling like you know, is this always going to be hard? So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hey, you guys, can you believe it's 2020? I mean, not only are we starting a new year, we're starting a whole new decade, which is pretty awesome. So I wanted to go over a few things because I know with the holidays, not everyone is able to listen to the podcast like normal. So I just want to go over a few things before we start this show, just in case you missed it. So If you missed my series on how I lost 50 pounds in 10 months, make sure to check it out. It's episode 165 to 168. And um, not only do I go over my story on 166, I go over the products I use with Kristen Pardue. Now, if you're thinking I only talk about doTERRA, I do on the show, but in the show notes, I list out all the other things that I take from the collagen that I take on Amazon um, to the protein powder that is very clean, dairy-free, gluten-free, does not have any artificial flavors or sweeteners. Um, I also talk about the scale that I use that you can buy on Amazon that connects to an app, which is really awesome and really helped me um, with my weight loss goals um, to, I'm just trying to think what else. Um, if I have, if I'm struggling with sleep and trying to stay asleep, um, I list um, what I use to help me with that all things that are not doTERRA as well. So if you just thought it was about doTERRA, there are a lot of things that are not doTERRA on the show notes. So go to episode 166. Um, With doTERRA, I know a lot of you guys have your oils person. Okay, I know this. Um, But if you don't, or if you have not purchased from your person in six months or more, um, if you found the things that we talked about super valuable, I would be so appreciative. And it would mean the world to me if you used my link um, to purchase the oils or the supplements. Um, If you have your person and you're loyal to them, I totally get it. I do. Because I've already talked to some of you about that stuff and I I understand. Um, But with that said, when you guys use my links, um, what it does is I get a commission on that and it helps the show keep going. It helps me to keep bringing you content every week. So I want you guys to know that I am so appreciative when you do use my links um, because it helps me to kind of just, you know, do the things that I need to do to bring you everything that I bring you every week to have the guests come on and all that kind of stuff. So I am super appreciative when you use my link and I realize there are so many 
options out there and that you could choose from. And so when you do choose to go with me, it, it really means so much to me. It really does. And it is such a blessing. And um, if you wanted to support the show, it, that is a great way that anytime I talk about stuff and it sounds good to you, if you use the links, it is so helpful. So I just wanted to be upfront with that with you guys. And also too, to know that anytime that I'm talking about something, um, it's, it's something that I would use um, and that I believe in. So I'm not going to be talking about something that I wouldn't use and just to be talking about it. So you guys, I hope that you can trust that in me, that I'm only talking about stuff that I really stand behind. Um, I also wanted to end on the lean program. I added that as a replay at episode 167. Uh, The reason why I did that as a replay uh, so that people could listen to it, because I did a new intro on that talking about um, my weight loss journey and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you guys are looking for a program that you're just like, you know what, I just need to kind of get back into the things. I don't even need to lose a lot of weight. Maybe you only need to lose like 15 pounds or less or whatever. And if you need to lose a lot of weight, this program is great. Um, but I really love lean. It is the program that I started off with last January. Um, and I have a referral code. It's mom, M-O-M, and you get $10 off. So make sure to go and listen to that if you haven't already, or just go to the show notes and you can find the link and all that kind of stuff there and make sure you use the referral code mom to get that $10 off. So again, I just want to say thank you so much for all of you that have supported the show by using the links um, that I provide and you know buying products that I talk about and trusting in me that um, I'm talking about stuff that um, you know, I truly believe in that I'm not just putting it out there um, just for whatever, but that these are things that I really think that will help your lives. And I want to go back to the doTERRA really quick. Some of you might be like, I don't need to lose weight. Yeah. So the doTERRA stuff, I talked about the supplements and oils also to help with your immune system and um, inflammation. And I feel like we all are dealing with that. So it is not just about losing weight. It's about getting healthier, and especially with flu season right here now. Um, you know, I would definitely be stocking up on that. And again, if you have an oils person, feel free to take all my information and say, hey, this is what Amber talked about or whatever. But again, if you don't have that person or you haven't used them in six months or more, I would be so grateful if you use the link um, in episode 167 for doTERRA. Um, you do not have to buy the starter kit. Um, that's where it takes you, but then you can go into the search bar and search for the products that I list all in the show notes. And again, if you guys have questions on anything, please email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com. Or if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Amber Sandberg, please message me. I will answer your questions. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't want to bug her or whatever. You guys, this is what I'm here for. I'm serving you. I'm helping you. So if you have questions and you're like, I don't know, reach out to me. I would love to help you. All right, let's go to the show. Laura, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me here. So I like to ask everyone on the show an icebreaker on travel because I'm a travel agent. So I like asking my guests what their favorite vacation spot is and why. And this can be with or without kids. Okay. So really hard for me to narrow down because I love to travel. Um, But I think my most absolute favorite place, like if you told me I could go anywhere and I would go again and again and again, is Cinque Terre, which is um, these five towns on the coast of Italy. Um, Cinque means five and Terra means lands. So these five little towns used to just be these fishing villages 
on the coast and you used to only be able to get from one to the next either by hiking the trails or mm. by taking a boat um but now they've been linked with the train so you can literally hop nice. from town to town and they're just gorgeous they're embedded on the cliffs of italy looking over the ligurian sea which is just gorgeous blue um the best pesto in the world Ooh, is there. served in little towns it's really oh. inexpensive because it's not glamorous i don't think there are any chains of any kind no mm-hmm. mcdonald's no starbucks no right. hilton's or marriott or all of the places you stay are um basically bed and breakfast with possibly 10 or 12 rooms mm. um, the trails are gorgeous to hike i've been there with my kids i've been there on romantic getaways with my husband it is just peaceful and beautiful and you can be outside and the trails are awesome and the food is delicious and yes it's just dreamy it sounds dreamy and it sounds like a great experience for clients of mine to send them there so let me ask you a question um first of all how did you find it because this doesn't seem like it's in you know an area that's very known or i could be mistaken just but based on what you're saying like there's not the chains and all that. But again, there's, there's not a lot of chains and other places that are known, but like, how close is it to like Amalfi Coast and stuff like that? Okay. So the Amalfi Coast is south and this is, this is up that same Western coast of Mm. Italy. So basically if you, you can fly into Milan or Florence or train there wherever Mm -hmm. you are in Europe. And, um, if so Milan is north and Florence is further south. And if you took, um, kind of the distance between the two of them and met in the middle and then di- went due mm. west to the coast, that's where you'd be. Okay. So what made you find this place? So oddly, my husband and I, one day, he was flipping channels on TV and a mm. Rick Steves special was on and Rick Steves is that travel guy. Okay. And he yeah. was, um, he was there in Tequitera oh. and we were like, oh my gosh, like, is that a real place? Can you actually go there? Yeah. And we just kind of dreamed about it and filed it away. And yeah. then... Um, my husband's a professor, and so every once in a while, he gets these really great opportunities to um, do research with another professor overseas or to teach at a university overseas, and we try to jump on every mm. one of those we can. Yeah. Um, and so we had this opportunity to go to Italy, and we were like, what was that place? What was that place? Is there any way we could get there? And um, we figured out you know, where it was and how we could get there, and that Really, once you're there, it's relatively inexpensive. I mean, nice. the two of us can go out to a really nice dinner for thirty dollars. It's Whoa. crazy, um, yeah, because it's pasta and it's all yes. local, yeah. and um, it's all fresh fish that they literally caught. Like you see the boats yeah. and them right. in and in on the nets, and they like bring it to you with the head and tail on, and you're like, so pretty fresh. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I love yeah, it. So gorgeous. So Highly you, recommend it. So you would fly into Florence or Milan, and then you would take a train. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. To get yeah. there? So okay. You take a train to Laspasia, and Laspasia is about that 15 minutes from Cinque Terre. So then from Laspasia, you catch another train that will take you into Cinque Terre. And then you can either hike from town to town, which is awesome, or you can take cool boat rides, or you can just hop a little train that, you know, bebops you in. But you kind of pick one as your... Yeah, um, to stay in. Yeah, as your stationary place. And then, um, you know, just kind of bebop around them and enjoy all of them. Which one would you say or highly recommend to stay in? Which of those towns? Uh, so I think Monterosso is my favorite. Okay. Um, and that's the one that's um, the 
furthest north of the five. It's more at sea level. So like you can stay and just kind of walk right out onto the beach. Oh, uh, nice. Some of them are actually like high up on the cliff. The cliffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is yeah. really pretty too. Yeah. Um, but then I just, I'm a beach girl. Yeah, you so like, like to go on it. Like, yeah, the water. water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is really cool. I'm glad that you gave us that information because, you know, I think those are like fun things. That's why I asked the question, because sometimes you just never know what people are going to answer. And you're kind of like, wow. And so that is really cool. I'll have to look that up when we get off. And we said this before we started recording that we could probably talk about travel the whole time. So forever in a day, I will cut myself off (laughs) and uh, move into the interview. And um, yeah, so how about you share a little bit more about yourself, um, what your first and last name is, um, where you're from, how many kids you have, and then you can share with us how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, my name is Laura Smith and with last name of Smith, there are tons of us out there. Um, so I always put my middle initial L and, on anything I do just so that I'm not buried with all the other Laura Smiths out there in the world. Um, I live in Oxford, Ohio, which is a small college town in Southwest Ohio. It's the home of Miami University. Um, my husband's a professor there. So we live the lovely life in a college town where um, we have 15,000 residents without the students and 30,000 with the students. So our culture changes greatly when classes are in or out of session. Um, we have four kids, a 21-year-old daughter, an 18-year-old son, a 16-year-old daughter, and a 13 year old son. So God mm. just sent him every two and a half wow. years. Girl, boy, and, girl, boy. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Never wow. Planning your own. Yeah. <laughs> that was super fun. Um, we have a blast. We feel super, super blessed. Mm. And um, I'm an author and a speaker. And I just um, love telling stories about how um, how much Jesus loves us and how this beautiful, graceful, free life that he offers us. Yeah. That is so awesome. And, you know, I'm just thinking to myself how awesome it is that you've taken four kids to Italy. That alone, we could do a show on. I know you're saying that when he has opportunities, but I think sometimes it can feel so daunting to think about like trying to take kids um, overseas, especially, you know, to Europe and whatnot. And so, I mean, that alone is pretty cool. So um, how about you share with us uh, a few of the books that you have written? Sure. Um, I have six young adult novels um, the first three, Skinny, Hot, and Angry, revolve around um, a group of high school friends and the different issues that those girls deal with, real life issues that um, teenage girls deal with. Um, one deals with eating disorders. One deals with the girl's parents getting divorced. Another deals with um, dating and sex and relationships. And then all of them are really at the crux of them saying like, real life happens. Life is hard. Um, we're faced with really tough issues. But if we have a relationship with Jesus, we can get through them. Um, that He is our strength and He um, loves us in all these situations and helps us get through them. So um, the next three are a second series. They're around, revolve around four college roommates with a similar kind of theme. Um, it's, it's complicated, it's over, and it's addicting. And those mm-hmm. four college roommates all are dealing with things that college women deal with. Um, they're tough issues. One of them has sexual assault in it. Um, one of them has loss of someone very dear. Um, and again, they're just all pointing to like these things happen. One out of four um, women are sexually assaulted by the time they graduate from college. And that's actually why I decided to have four roommates to say like, this is a true statistic mm. and um, to kind of make it real visual. Yeah, um, But we don't want to ignore that. And I think 
Um, as we walk in our faith, we like to see all the sunshine and roses. At least I do. Um, but we need to know that these things happen and we need to talk about them and we need to um, let light shine into them. And we need to be able to share with other people who have gone through them, like how much God loves them and is there for them in those situations. So um, those are the purposes behind those two series. Um, then I've also had the opportunity to write some kids books, which are really fun. Um, I wrote a people of the Bible book, um, heroes and villains of the Bible, which was hilarious mm. to write. Um, I wrote a five minute devotion for girls, which just came out last year, which is really sweet um, for um, that awful word tweens that I don't really like, but for <laughs> eight to 12 year olds. And then I have a new book coming out in August that I'm super, super excited about. Um, that's called How Sweet the Sound. And it talks about how um, some of the old classic hymns can really still touch our lives and mm. inspire us. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, did you always know you wanted to be an author? So I always did, but I never thought I could be. Mm. Um, as a little girl, I just devoured every book I could get my hands on. Wow. I spent a lot of time at the library. I made up stories. I wrote mm. them down. I just made up some of them in my head. I was always imagining and pretending and always wanted to be a writer, but just That's didn't cool. think that was something you could do. Yeah. Um, that was like saying, oh, I'm going to be a supermodel. Like you just yeah. can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> like just, so Especially if you're five two. I just thought it sounded so outlandish yeah. that I never anybody. Yeah. Um, and then actually when I was pregnant with my first daughter, my husband and I were on a walk. We were married. We had our first house. We were pregnant. And he was just like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Which was a crazy question for him to ask, but it was, he just asked good questions. Yeah. And um, it just popped out. I never told anyone mm. before. I always wanted to be a writer and I then kind of like braced myself immediately, like for the <laughs> laughter or the like, yeah. Well, can't do that or you know that's so silly but it was just the opposite yeah why don't you write that's so cool yeah yeah it just changed everything I was like why don't I write yeah yeah so You, you know there's a lot of thought work going around you know these days with really trying to think about like your dreams as an adult like we are very quick to shut things down and and you're almost so scared to even let it come to your mind because you're just kind of like, because your brain wants to figure out how you're going to do it before you even like announce it. And I just think that's so interesting um, that your husband asked you that what, and which is such a blessing, you know, and, but I think even as we get even older, you know, and you think, oh, I can't do it now because now I'm this age or whatever. Um, But there's something to be valued of, you know, really, you know, getting your dreams out there to make them no longer a dream. You know, you make them a reality and 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 figure out like ways to do it. So I'm glad that you shared that because, um, you know, some people may be thinking of doing something and they may be like, it's already too late. Like, I'm not going to be able to start that now. So I hope that that encourages other people to just, you know, start looking into whatever uh-huh. it is that they want to do. For sure. Yeah, it's never too late. And if God plants a dream in your heart, then... I mean, there's a reason he did that. Yeah, exactly. And and I and it was something too that um I had heard that like if the same dreams keep popping up, there's probably a reason. And mm-hmm. um, you know, and start getting them onto paper. Cause there's something about getting them out of your mind and onto paper that your brain does something with, I think, um, it starts to look for things to kind of like make that happen. And so um it's good to just not keep it all in your 
your head. But again, I think it's even scary just to even voice it. Like you were saying, right? You were you were getting ready for your husband who loves you to laugh, right? And he didn't yeah, think for thankfully. Sure. Um right. <laughs> so but to even laugh at yourself or feel embarrassed, like whatever you're gonna write down, you know, that I think that we don't even dream big because we're just kind of like, well, I don't know. And what's the point of this? This isn't gonna happen. But um I don't know. I just want to encourage everybody to, you know, dream big and, and you're a good example of like, what do you want to be when you're a grown up? And you were a grown up, you know, when he asked you that question. <laughs> um, so, you know, the reason why I wanted to bring you on today, um, you do have older children. Um, and I'm going to have you, uh, just remind us of their ages in a second. Um, but this interview is going to be super casual. Um, I always talk about this show being, like a, a coffee house. And if, um, if people haven't heard this yet, that, you know, there's just times when there's, you know, women talking at a coffee house and you might hear kind of what they're saying. And you really wish that you could just, you know, pull up a chair and sit next to them. But, you know, w- you, we don't do that because that would be kind of awkward. Um, and so <laughs> I wanted a place that you could eavesdrop into the conversations and feel completely normal and not awkward. And, so I imagine if we were sitting at a coffee house and we were talking and you have older children and, you know, I just want to ask you questions, you know, of things that, you know, that you have experienced because you're steps ahead of us. And, you know, before we t- talked about or before we started the um, interview, I should say, um, not everyone has people in their life like that that are ahead of them to kind of ask these questions. And so um, and also, too, I want to say, I think a lot of times I notice this with um, uh childbirth. I'll use this as an example. I think a lot of times you don't know exactly what's happening or what's going to happen or like when you have an infant because people don't want to complain, but then you really don't know what is going to happen, which then I think is also a disservice because then you're like, whoa, why didn't anyone tell me this? (laughs) No, for sure. I mean, you're like, what? (laughs) I have no idea. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I I can understand that people don't want to complain and they don't want to whine about stuff. And, um, but at the same time, I think we need to know the pros and the cons and the good and the bad and all that kind of stuff. So that when you get to that point, you don't feel alone and, you know, feel like you're isolated and stuff like that. So how about you can just share with us um, the ages of your kids? Sure. Um, my oldest is 21. She's a junior in college. Um, then I have an 18-year-old son who's a senior in high school. I have a 16-year-old daughter who just started driving. Yikes. And a <laughs> 13-year-old son who's a seventh grader. Okay. Yeah. So perfect. And uh, again, a lot of um, the listeners have younger kids. Um, so I think this is a great thing for them to listen to, to kind of, you know, prepare their minds for the future. But let's start off on the positive note. So how about you share some things that you feel like you were happy that you did when it comes to the kids and things that you would um, that you would want to share that um, that you found that really worked for you? Um, sure. I think you know, in retrospect, the thing that we probably did for our kids that, um, that was the best thing we could have done for them is we love them each specifically for who they were created to be. Mm. Um, we have four kids. They're all, um, genetically our children. They've all been raised in the same house. We've lived in this house for, um, this, the whole time, except for my first daughter lived her first two and a half years in Atlanta. Other than that, we've been here the whole time. Um, they have the same parents, but yet they're also very different. Um, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I they need to be parented differently. Um, different things 
affect them differently. And I think just really embracing like, oh, you're athletic. Okay, you should do sports. You're not. You Then you don't have to. Um, my oldest daughter was a tomboy. She always was. She never wanted to wear skirts or dresses. Fine. Who cares? You don't have to wear skirts or dresses. Like, just because I like to get dressed up doesn't mean she has to get dressed up, right? I think just really appreciating who they are um, and letting them be those people because the world will tell them time and time again that they should be different than that, what they are. Um, it starts, I think with all my kids, probably around fifth grade that there starts to be, oh, you should dress like this and you should be involved in these things and you should be watching these shows. And um, if you've mm. already built a firm foundation for your kids that like, it's awesome that you're quiet. Like that's amazing. Or yeah. it's fantastic that you love to do science experiments or you um, could play with sticks all day or whatever your thing is, like embrace that about them. Then they know that they're loved in that, that it's not weird, that it's not um, unaccepted. They're not, that their parents haven't been trying to shove them into a box that they don't fit in. Um, then they can stand stronger when other people um, try to tell them there's a certain way to be or act or even just not out loud tell them, but just the way society kind of impresses that upon us. Um, they can be more confident in who they really are made to be, and then they can shine. Yeah, I really like that. And I do think that is really key, especially as, um, you know, people's kids are small and they're, and they're just starting to show like their personalities and stuff like that. Here's my question to you um, with having four different kids. What is, what, okay, what about when they're, personality. Hmm. It's not so much that like you, you want to embrace that they're different, but what if it sometimes rides the line of, let's use this as an example. Like one of your kids is just more grumpy and they seem so ungrateful and you're just kind of like, oh, you know, so it's not a matter of like, oh, you like science or you don't like to dress up, but it kind of rides this line of it could come off disrespectful or maybe they don't seem as polite as your other children or, or something like that. How do you, how do you like, handle that kind of stuff with because so, you want them to be themselves, but it also how they're acting can come off rude. For sure. Um, I think some of it is just having some basic standards. Mm. Um, you know, in our house, you will, whatever, clear your dishes, say thank sure. you, say mm -hmm. please, whatever. And if you don't, then we're going to correct you. And we're going to ask you to do those things. Oh, you walked away from the table and you didn't clear your dishes. Please come back. Yeah. You grump about it. Don't grump at it. This is just something that's expected of you. Right. Um, I think there's, there are some certain norms, but if, um, if you do something nice for one of your kids, like say, I don't know what it is, you put yeah. cute notes on all of their pillows sure. or you take all their clothes up for them and put them away, even though that might be their job, job. they're supposed to yep. do. Right. Um, and one of them thanks you and one of them doesn't that's fine. Like you didn't do it to be thanked, sure. right? Like you don't, yep. you don't need the one who's less yeah. prone to thank you to thank you. But I think it's just a matter of having some basic standards. We expect you, you know, if grandma comes to the house to come over and tell her hello, yes. right? Like you can't just go do whatever. Scout, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to be super social. If you're sure. shy, if you need yeah. time to yourself, like you don't yep. have to sit on her lap. You don't have to hang out with her for an hour, even though you love her, you might be a kid who needs, you know, more time or more inner processing. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But we're still polite to people, right? Yes. So I think just setting some, some standards of mm -hmm. we expect this and not have them be um, ridiculous standards. Like I said, don't expect right. you <laughs> yeah. have to talk to the guest mm -hmm. for an hour. Right. Right. Yeah. So 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. The other thing too that crosses my mind is, um, you know, especially having four, um, that you're probably going to gel with some of them um, a little bit easier. So I guess, how do you go about that without making the other ones um, feel like they're not as important. Like, you know, I just, it's so hard, right? When, when you, even with people, right? Not even just your children, you gel with certain people, like you gravitate toward them and, and stuff like that. And you find it so much easier to talk to them. Um, but as adults and friends, that's okay. But when it's your children, then you have to worry like, Oh, does this one think that I don't care as much or, Oh, I'm not showing them the same attention or, um, like for example, my youngest is very, lovey and dovey and she wants to hang on me and just, I don't even know. Like, so she does that to me. She's doing it to me. I'm not doing it to her. And so I have to always be careful that my oldest doesn't feel left out. But the thing is, is I'm not even doing it to my youngest. My youngest is, she just likes to do that. And obviously I'm not going to push her away. My oldest, she doesn't need to do that. But sometimes it does cross my mind that I'm like, gosh, does she feel like, um, I don't want to do this to her, but my personality actually isn't like that. So I have to be careful with my youngest to not push her away, um, to be like, can you just give me my space? So (laughs) it's actually like, I might relate to my oldest and I'm trying to be like, okay, I don't want to like damage her and be like, okay. I mean, sometimes I have to say it like, you do need to give me like, so it's like, she literally will climb behind me on my chair when I'm eating. Like she wants to be like, so, I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for a long time, like I nursed her for a long time and, um, her, her preschool teacher is like, I, I don't think she thinks that you guys are separate. Like, I think she thinks you guys are one. <laughs> and, um, I can see how that could still happen because <laughs> of just how she is. And so, um, but then I do get worried, um, about my other one. And so I don't know what, what have you found, especially because your kids are older, you've had more time, you've had more personalities, um, is there anything that you are glad that you did things certain way or is there anything that you're kind of like, man, yeah, I kind of messed up on some of these things and I wish I would have done it differently. I think with the different kids and the different personalities, I think, and the different ones gelling in different ways, like I think you just find places where you connect with your different kids in different spaces. Mm. Um, And my husband and I find this really wild thing. We'll go through a period where we feel like, one of our kids just really doesn't want to communicate with us, but they're communicating with the other one of us. And it has to be a letting go of that's okay. Like as long as they're getting nurtured by their parents, sometimes, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband is really good about talking about sports with my kids. So with, if they're involved in a sport, he can really like dive deep with them on that. I can't, I'm not athletic. I really don't, follow sports very well. My kids make fun of me, like, because I'm always like, go team. And yeah, you're like, I don't even know what team it is. (laughs) Um, But but they can talk to me about different things. So I think just finding like, and really seeking out in your kids things that they love to talk about, just like you would if you were trying to have a conversation with anyone, right? Like one of them might love to talk about school while another one might love to talk about friends while another one might love to talk about art or um, the books they're reading or nature or whatever, and just finding those things that they're excited about and any place where you two overlap. Like if one of your kids loves to bake with you, like have that be the thing you do with them. If the other kid loves to ride bikes with you, then ride bikes with them, right? Yeah, like it doesn't, right. You don't have to ride bikes with everybody or bake with everybody or um, 
And maybe my husband is tossing the ball with one of them while I'm baking with another one. And they're both really feeling loved and seen for who they are. Um, But it doesn't have to, it doesn't fall on either of us all of the time. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, Moving away from, you know, gelling and all that kind of stuff. Is there anything in general that when you find yourself looking back that you're kind of like, you know, I wish I would have done um, some of these things differently? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think there's a parent out there who. <laughs> well, I don't want to assume. <laughs> now, there are certainly times when I've lost it and I've snapped at one of my kids, and I just yeah. feel awful that I said something um, or that I yelled at them. Um, I wish I could have kept my cool more often. Not that I'm a yeller, but I think we all snap sometimes. Um, uh, but overall, I really there's not like one thing that I would actually change. I would take some words back. I would take mm. a couple of snips, yeah, you know, back. But overall, I think if you just really love your kids, like and genuinely let them know that you love them, then it really does all work out. Like, I guess the one thing I would I would not um, overanalyze it as much as I did. Mm. You know, looking yeah. back now, like. <laughs> my kids are to a point where they're making a lot of their own decisions where we're having actual um, intellectual conversations. I mean, my oldest is 21. She's an adult. Yeah. Um, but every single stage has been the best stage. Like when your kids mm. are little, you're like, Oh, you know, when they're one, they're the cutest or when they're yeah. five, they're the cutest. And yeah. you don't, you, like, you don't want to wish those days away, away. Mm-hmm. worried about them. But I guess I'm here to tell you from the other side that every stage is the best. Mm. Like one is adorable when you can snuggle with them all day long. Mm. And five is adorable when they actually start having their own ideas. 21 is amazing when you can mm. like sit down and watch Gilmore Girls and go on a coffee yeah. date with your daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you now, is there a time that you do feel like it does get a little bit harder? Like, you know, a lot of people kind of worry about going into middle school or high school, um, especially with social media and cell phones and all that kind of stuff. Do you have any advice for us to navigate this without losing our minds? Because I yeah. think that is a very scary thing for a lot of parents out there. So I think one thing to remember is that you're still the boss of them. Um so just because every other kid in school has a phone or is mm-hmm. on social media, it doesn't mean your kid has to be. Yeah. Um, you don't have to cave to that. If you think that's a great tool for your kid, awesome. But if you don't, also awesome. Um, personally, we didn't let our kids have phones until they um, their eighth grade graduation. Um, it seemed that then that summer, right before high school, all the high school activities had so many mm. um, texts messages from coaches and stuff to schedule stuff oh. that were going straight to the kids that they actually needed a phone mm. to know what color socks to wear to practice or that oh. practice time has changed or whatever. Yeah. Um, but up until that time, our kids really didn't need them. Mm. Like, yeah. Um, so our kids didn't have cell phones until eighth grade graduation okay. and they didn't have social media until then either because they didn't have phones. Right. Um, and I, all of them have thanked me for that in mm. retrospect. Like yeah. at the time, they were just like, oh, mom, every Primat. single kid yes. in my class, you uh-huh. know, which is true. I think yeah. every other kid in their class had them, but, yeah. um, but all of them thanked me in retrospect. Mm. They stayed out of a lot of drama. Yes. Um, they avoided like some whole hateful frenemy bullying stuff because they just didn't get the messages that other kids were getting. <laughs> yeah. They were just <laughs> out doing whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
So I, I, I just, the advice to younger parents is you, you still are the boss. Mm-hmm. Like just because other parents are, or your kids want, doesn't mean that they have to. And if you want your kids to have a phone, because that's like, maybe, um, if you have two sets of parents, if you have right. lots of daycare, like mm-hmm. you might want to have that phone for communication for, you know, cool. Um, right. But you can also tell them they can't be on social media. You can block that from their phone. You can like, you get, you get to choose. Yeah. So, um, I advise that for starters. Um, yeah. I, I think, um, all this myths, I was always worried that like, oh, when my kids are teens, it's going to be so hard because you hear all this, but I think teenage kids are awesome. I think they're so fun. I think they're hilarious. Um, I think if you just keep communication open mm. and again, just keep loving them for who they are. Are, are there tough times? Yes. Do hormones stink? Yes. Um, <laughs> don't take hormones too seriously okay. because the girls will cry and the boys will get angry and it just oh, happens. Good to know. Um, and all of a sudden your daughter will just falling for no reason oh, or your son will be screaming for no reason. And you're <laughs> like, ah, oh, what? Yes. It's just hormones. Good don't to go know. Away. Yeah. Bite your time. Don't take it seriously. Don't feel like you have to fix it or make it just like, okay, all right. This, this, this week, this day, this moment, this month was rough, but, um, it's still my kid in there and, um, they're just dealing with hormones and they're going to be fine. Yeah. I like that. Is there, um, you know, did you ever feel like they started to withdraw a little bit, you know, becoming teenagers, um, and, feeling like, okay, I'm losing the relationship with them a little bit. So I feel like like with all my kids, there have been times when I felt like that, but times, I mean like three weeks, you know, and then they come back to you. Um, Again, if you keep communication open and say, I'm willing to listen, Mm. um, I want you to tell me this stuff. Um, My kids have shared with me some stuff that um, uh, was hard to share at different times that that their friends had done or, Mm. you know, something they were dealing with, but to sit there and look them in the eye and say, I love you. Let's talk about this, um, has made it, I think really easier. Um, so that even they know if they've had to withdraw for a while to maybe deal with something, or maybe they didn't think I understood something. Um, I was still consistently there for them. Um, they, they've all ebbed and flowed back. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. That's good to know. Um, so Laura, we're almost at the end of the show. And I did want to ask you, is there some advice that you would want to give us in regards to helping our kids grow their faith? Like anything that you were like, you know what, this truly helped um, with my kids. Yeah, I think the best thing we can do really is to to live out our faith. They see us. Um, they see what we're watching. Mm. They see what we're listening to. They see the words we use. Um, they watch us if we're talking badly about other people. They see if we freak out about every decision or they see if we're turning things over in prayer. Um, mm. If we have friends who we talk about our faith with, mm. if we're opening our Bibles, um, th- they see that and they ask, hey, mom, what are you reading? Oh, I'm reading some smutty novel or oh, I'm reading this cool book that's talking about, you know, it's a Bible study or it's talking Mm. about how to deal with faith in the workplace or, um, hey, mom, what, you know, they get in your car and you've got music playing. It's something that's raunchy or it's worship music, Mm. right? Like, I think, I think actually living a life with Jesus, if you really love him and really, I mean, 
we all mess up every day. I right. Mean, <laughs> yeah, we're sinners. Yeah. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. you can't listen to secular music or you can't read right. like fun novels. I'm reading yeah. a great novel right now. Like you should. Um, I'm just saying that modeling that you really turn your problems over to God, that you are really seeking him. Um, you are trying to love others. And and that reflects and they see them. That's the way you live. You pray before meals. You pray in the middle of the day. They see that. They're going to be at the meals. They're going to, you know, you're praying with them. Pray for them. Pray out loud over them. Um, like, you know, one of your kids is struggling, say, God, please help them with this. Um, let them know that they're smart. Let them be confident in who they are. Um, they, they're like, oh, mom really thinks if they talk to God about this, it'll get better. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I love I, that. I, mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of things, you know, you can read great books, you can buy them great Bible studies, you can make sure that they come to church. But I think if you're not living a life of faith, then why would they think it's a good thing? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Laura, we're at the end of the show. And so I appreciate you coming on. This has been so great. And, you know, I hope that um, the listeners get nuggets here and there. And, you know, all the things that you said are so practical, which is great because who has time to like, I don't know, do super complicated things with, you know, children running around. Um, But is there anything else you wanted to add before we end? Um, I I would just really say if you love your kids, and you love Jesus, then it's all going to be fine. It really is. That's great. All right, Laura. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.